Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Glad you're here. You'll probably know we're, we're working through Thich Nhat Hanh's book, The Energy of Prayer. We're focusing this entire month on both the process of prayer and how we might uh, approach it as individuals. And last week we talked a little bit about the idea of why does it at least appear on the surface that sometimes our prayers aren't answered? And we, we worked our way through going over the aspects of effective prayer, meaning that when our prayers are in alignment, both the words we use, the emotions behind them, uh, and in fact even just our expectations of them being answered in terms of our faith, when those are in alignment, often our prayers are extremely effective. And it's more when we're giving mixed messages to the universe, if you wish, that we get in trouble. If our prayers are about love and joy, and in our heart we're still uh, fighting over that relationship that's not going as well as we would like, it's those mixed messages that get put out in the world that often get mixed results back. It makes sense. Today we're going to talk about a special kind of prayer, and, and I want to preface this with some uh, reading from our book, Thich Nhat Hanh's The Energy of Prayer. And this is in a chapter called The Role of Prayer in Medicine. He says, some medical practitioners view illness as purely physiological. When there is a sickness, it is simply because something has gone wrong in the body. And we think we only have to have a particular surgery or perhaps take the correct number and type of pills and we will regain our health. However, in the last 50 years, Western medical science has made a great deal of progress in recognizing that the health of, of the body is largely connected to the health of the mind. And if you read through that chapter, you'll notice he references a number of studies that show uh, when people are, are prayed about in the hospital, they have better outcomes. Um, uh, there are studies uh, that show that people who meditate and pray often have lower uh, incidences of some of the stress-related illnesses and things that, uh, that really plague, in particular, we Americans right now, that, that not only are we mentally causing many of the illnesses that we have, um, but also through prayer, uh, we can counteract that. We can come into alignment with that uh, template of perfection, if you will, that causes health as easily as it can cause not health. But you know what? It's interesting. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about uh, the idea of this uh, awareness of this in the last 50 years in terms of medical science, but I, Sherman, it's time we get back into the Wayback Machine because I have news for you all. Science have been, of mind has been around a lot longer than 50 years. And in fact, if you go back to the very beginning of this idea of mental healing, I happen to have a, a, a book that's hardly ever reprinted called the Quimby Manuscripts. And uh, one of the people considered to be the father of, uh, of science of mind, thinking anyway, of new thought, uh, is Phineas Quimby. And 150 years ago, he had a thriving practice between 300 and 500 people a year 
would go out into rural Maine, right? So they're uh, back in 1850, they were on stagecoaches by horse and by train to a rural town in Maine to be treated by someone who was most amazing, Dr. Quimby. And do you know what Dr. Quimby did? Basically, he did the affirmative prayers the way we do them on Sunday. And he cured everything from uh, cancer to tuberculosis without breaking stride. Very successful, world-renowned. He even did it by the mail. Now you're supposed to gasp at that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving you my cues very good, but literally people would write him a letter and say something like, oh my word, you know, I can barely breathe. You know, I went to the local doctor and he said I have consumption. That's the old word for tuberculosis. And, uh, and the doctor says, you know, he wants to send me uh, to a sanitarium uh, to be with, you know, another few hundred people with tuberculosis, which, by the way, was kind of a death sentence back then if you think about it. <laughs> and instead, he was treating people much in the same way you put in a prayer request on Sunday, we'll treat for you. So my question is, what happened? Why is our belief system now that it's go to the doctor and not the prayer so much? Right? And, and of course, in the science of mind, we believe it's all good. Of course, you should go to the doctor. Of course, you should go to uh, the acupuncturist. Wherever you feel a healing will, will be helpful to you, of course, that's the, the right idea for you because it is through our faith that we're healed. And if you have a lot of faith in Western medicine or if you have a lot of faith in any of the healing modalities, absolutely, you should be there because as goes your faith, so you will be healed. But my question is, when this was so effective 150 years ago, have we lost sight of the fact that through the power of our thinking, we can dramatically help the healings in our own minds, bodies, and spirits, and those, in fact, of the people we love? Because it really is more a question of where we put where our faith rather than this stuff works. But I, I wanted to use an example in, in, in case you, uh, you doubt me uh, that uh, much in the way through the mail order you can get a pair of slacks uh, that maybe you, know, you could be cured of tuberculosis. Just wait, let me read to you. Uh, so this is a, a letter from uh, Phineas Quimby, uh, from Dr. Quimby, uh, to one of his mail order patients. Dear Mr. H., in response to your letter, I must say that it is out of my power to visit your, as persons from Kansas, that it is uh, out of my power to visit your place in person at this time. But from the fact that I have some 30 or more patients here on my hands, but if there comes a slack time, I will come and let you know beforehand that you could meet me in Bangor, which was the, the closest railway station to the small town he lived in. Now, a word or two about you. I will try my best while sitting by you while writing this letter. Do you notice what he's doing? He's saying, I'm right there with you. You may be somewhere in Kansas, but as I'm writing this letter, I will try my best while sitting by you while writing this letter to produce an effect for you. I want you to take a tumbler of pure water 
while I write this, and now and then sip a little. I am with you now. I am seeing you. Do not be in a hurry when you read this, but be calm, and you will in a short time feel a heat start from your left side and run down like water. Then your head will be relieved. You'll have an inclination to rise. Be slow in your, moment, in your movements so that your head will not swim round. I will take you by the hand at first and steady you until you shall walk alone. Now remember what I say to you. I am in this letter as often as you read this. I will be with you every time you read this letter. Take about one hour to devote to reading and understanding your wholeness. I assure you, you will be better. Yours, etc., Phineas Quimby. I would suggest to you that the power of our minds can use just such a technique of healing for ourselves and for others. You'll notice, even though he was not in the physical presence of many of his patients, he was just as effective. There is only one mind, and we're swimming in it. And if you want to know his technique, I will explain it to you. Uh, later in the book, he, he talks a, a good deal about what his technique was, and it's about the same as we do here on Sunday through our affirmative prayers. He called it a treatment because he was a doctor, right? And people were coming to him for treatment. Uh, but oh my gosh, his technique, just about what we do on Sunday. So first of all, he viewed illness as a condensation of our negative thinking and our negative beliefs. So to him, his process, first of all, was to remove that negative thinking. So, so to him, let's say that uh, maybe someone had been diagnosed with a, a, a form of cancer or something. To him, that cancer represented all of the inappropriate thinking that that individual had around their life situation, around the stresses that they had at work, around uh, their own beliefs about what happens when you get old, and a whole variety of thinking in his mind that somehow condensed down into being an actual physical impairment of some kind. In, in the case of the gentleman we just read, a form of cancer in their stomach. And so, first of all, for himself, he had to have clarity around this error thinking. He had to say, is it true that people will simply get these things because they get old? Is it true that everyone has to go through this, this process to a bad end? Is it true that everyone is going to uh, suffer the ill effects of, of aging or the conditions of their lives or uh, through injury? And, of course, the answer is no. Not everyone experiences that. And so, he would have great clarity around his client. There's a perfection in God itself, and therefore, there's a perfection in my client. God's wholeness, if you will, is there for my client. And then from that perspective, he would begin to visualize himself using that power. 
that power of wholeness coming from God, he would visualize himself using it in a curative way. And literally, he, would, he was a very, apparently a very visual kind of guy. So where in our prayers we might use words, he would silently envision that, that cancer or that problem breathing or whatever it was literally vanishing as his mind gained clarity around the wholeness of that person. And he would literally see them as a reflection of the perfect God itself in his mind. Free to breathe easily, free of, uh, you know, any encumbrances or troubles. And so if we move forward 150 years, this is really the essential first three steps of our science of mind prayers. In the recognition step, we recognize that God is all-powerful. And in, in this particular case, we would simply recognize that God is whole and perfect. There's no disease in the mind of God in the mind of God, there is only wholeness, only love, only life. That is the nature of God, that wholeness and perfection. And then in our step two, we're doing what Quimby did. We're simply saying that power, that presence of perfection that exists in God, that power is mine to use and to have. I'm unified, if you will, with that power and presence. As it is true for God, it is true for me. And because it's true for me, in step three, we simply claim that that is true for our friend or for ourselves, that our bodily form is matching our spiritual perfection. Perfect God, perfect human form, perfect Larry. And so it is that simple alignment of ourselves with a spiritual truth that does the healing. I'm not like beaming out something, right? Sometimes we think of healing as though I'm beaming a thought of healing into someone who's ill, and that does the word. It's not really. It's more that sense of recognizing that we do not have to fall ill due to our circumstances, that there is a perfection, if you will, a template of perfection by which humanity is built and if we unencumber our minds from the false beliefs of disease and trouble and worry and strife and difficulty, those are all the things. He pictured it as though it was forming a solid and clogging up our bodies. But, uh, of course, medical science, you know, we have different words for what's physically happening in the body now. But the input behind it, our belief system, of course, is what's driving that. It is our thoughts our emotions and our expectations that are driving a largest part of our health. In fact, uh, guess what the recent study says of the number of people who seek medical attention because of what we call stress-related diseases right now? Nancy uh, suggested 85%, and you're only like a percent or two off. It's 83% of Doctor's visits right now are because of so-called lifestyle-related diseases. So, so uh, irregular heart rhythms and uh, type 2 diabetes and uh, um, uh, breathing difficulties associated with stress-related things, high blood pressure, all of those things that are caused because of our reaction to the world. Literally, 
83% of the sickness, at least in America right now, absolutely caused by our thinking and our beliefs, it's probably time for us to make a change on that. And my suggestion, and in fact you can feel your homework coming, I know you can, <laughs> my suggestion is, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we put out this little flyer, and I know there are some on the back table there, of how to do one of our five-step uh, prayers. My suggestion is, either if there's something in you, mind, body, or spirit, that needs healing, or someone that you love, let's practice this week. Let's see if we can turn the clock back about 150 years and put some of our faith into our own thinking about ourselves and the people we love. Let's see if we have to believe that getting old is a, is a sentence for falling apart. Let's see if we have to believe that work is literally making us sick. Let's see if we have to believe those things or if we can choose to believe something different. Let's start changing our thinking even as we pray about ourselves. I want to talk about something else and I think I should introduce it with a joke because um, I can, I guess. So a young man goes to the parish revival. They're in a big tent listens to the preacher. After a while, the preacher asks anyone who needs to be prayed over to come forward to the front of the church. The young man gets in line, and when it's his turn, the preacher asks, Well, young'un, what do you want me to pray for? The fellow replies, Preacher, I need you to pray for my hearing. The preacher puts one finger in the young man's ear, places the other hand on top of his head, and prays and prays. After a few minutes, the preacher removes his hand, stands back and asks, Well, how's your hearing now? The young man shrugs, I don't know exactly. I'm not due to be in court until Wednesday. <laughs> The reason that you're stuck with that joke <laughs> is I want you to remind I want to remind you that part of the efforts in healing is clarity of what you want and what you expect. Cuz from my perspective so often it appears our answers uh from the divine are not wholly realized because we're not actually ready with some clarity and expectation for what we want. It's like we want to be healed, but can I really see myself uh, with this particular uh, uh, maybe lifestyle disease completely gone? Or am I kind of used to it? It's kind of part of who I am now. Am I really expecting it and willing it to go away? Something that maybe I've been treating with uh, uh, high blood pressure medicine or, or blood thinners or, you know, I don't know. These days, uh, you can't open a magazine without us supposed to call our doctors to ask if something is right for us, right? So uh, with all of these things going on and so much of our oomph put into the idea of Western medicine being able to help us with a pill... Am I really ready to say, I'm willing to turn this over to a higher power, to, uh, to someone that can write a, a script that is uh, uh, maybe more productive in, in the end run? Am I willing to accept it? So ask yourself that question. Am I willing and able to actually expect a cure and then let's pray? Am I actually willing to say, 
the power of my thinking is strong enough to make a difference here. Now, I'm not suggesting that anyone uh, give up our, our medications or, or, or not go to the doctor when we need to. Absolutely not. Uh, when we have a belief system, we need to honor that. And Western medicine does a great job. And so does Chinese medicine. So does acupuncture. Uh, all the different modalities have their place because uh, we believe in them. So, so we ought to take advantage of them. I'm just here to suggest... It's time for, for some supplemental insurance. <laughs> it worked like gangbusters 150 years ago. Let's give it a try. So I'm going to close with a prayer today. And like I have the last couple of weeks, uh, if someone is brave and has a physical condition that they'd like some improvement on, um, I would love to, to work with someone. And, and, and I realize that's a, you know, you may not want to do that. And so I can even use myself as an example. But if there is someone here um, that could use something, yeah. Your, I'm sorry? So healthy weight? Okay. All right. Thank you, Sam. First of all, in true Quimby fashion, I need to clear my mind of false beliefs. Because I'm not going to get anywhere if I believe, either about people in general or about my friend Sam, some of the false belief we have circling around weight. One of them is what? You can't lose weight. All of the, quote, new studies are out saying the more you diet, the more you try, the more you'll end up weighing in the end, right? There are other beliefs around unless you eat the perfect diet of, uh, of absolutely, you know, certain vegetables and the magical combination of cavemen things and... You know, their beliefs, that, well, I don't know at all, I'm, you know, but I, I've heard about some of this stuff, right? And so I need to clear out my mind and say, it isn't depending upon someone eating exactly some program or some way of being, right? What other thoughts do we have we, uh, about weight? One, well, it's genetic. Everyone in my family was big, so I'm doomed, Right? What happens in my thoughts if I'm thinking about that when I'm praying for someone else? So first of all, I have to clear my mind. To be the good practitioner, to pray for someone well, I have to dispel all that BS thinking that's existing even in my own mind. And so I become calm and I recognize the purity of the human form. I recognize that God does not make mistakes. And as a creation of God, the human species in its design was wholesome and perfect and beautiful. And I have to recognize that nothing can take that away, that in the mind of God, that purity exists. Perfect God, perfect humanity. God only makes things in its own image. And so I embrace that. And the next step is, I have to say it's true for me. I can't allow there to be exceptions to that. Because if there are exceptions to that, maybe my friend Sam would be an exception too. So I have to recognize, first of all, that I have that power, that I follow that template, that God's perfection is alive and working in me without question. That there is something in me 
calling towards that perfection that, that isn't dependent upon strange diets, that isn't dependent upon a, a, a counter-beliefs or, or supplements or concoctions or, or real specific exercise programs. No, no. Just because of who I am connected in as a human to the divine creator, there is a perfection in me that will not be denied. And then, and only then, can I speak my word for someone else. And I do proclaim that the congregant here, known as Sam, and my friend, likewise is whole and perfect. As God is perfect in God's heaven on earth, so there is a perfection in this room among each one of us, including and especially right now in my friend Pam. I know she is absolutely at the perfect weight. I know that all of her bodily functions are working exactly as they should. I know she is healthy and able to do all the things she chooses to do because that's the nature of God, to be fully robust, to have the energy, to do everything that she chooses to do at the perfect weight. It is simply how she was made. And anything that looks unlike that is simply faulty thinking on my part. And I know in this instant that my thinking around this is clear. And so at this point, I just give great thanks. I recognize in this moment the full gratitude of knowing that it is done and complete that there is a like calling unto like that will reveal the perfect health and the perfect weight for my friend. I let it be, and together we all say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.